1: From Blue Wire Studios today, so you're ready for the August premiere. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your
2: host, Justin Jacobson. This week, we'll be discussing esports content creation. Just a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, It's all the information for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Dr. Bradford Carlton. Bradford is the best-selling author of The Warcraft of Business and the host of the Gamerpreneur Podcast. Formerly a business law attorney, and currently a sales and marketing coach and consultant, Bladford created the unique Gamerpreneur platform, including its own podcast and vlog, that showcases gamers and streamers making money and building businesses. Thanks for joining us.
3: Hey there, how's it going?
2: Not bad, not bad. You know, it's just another day in, you know, the world that we're living in, but, sure. you know, I'm glad
3: I, I gotta say, I, I laughed a little bit while you were doing that disclaimer because I was sitting there thinking, "Man, I remember doing that."
2: <laughs> hey, you you know how the bar is, and especially with the internet attorney advertising, like, oh yeah, it's every other word attorney advertising. Prior results do not guarantee similar outcomes.
3: See, I'm not licensed here in Nevada, but I've, I looked into the rules when I first got here, and they any advertisement they do here has to be approved by the bar. Any advertisement, it's like
2: even like a blog post or like an interview. Yep.
3: Well, if you if you weasel your way out of calling it a an advertisement, then you might be able to get away with it. But any any poster, any uh, newspaper ad, it's it's really hardcore here.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess that they're really worried about the deceptive advertisement and kind of what you're saying to the public as a lawyer, for sure. But yeah. So you know, to kind of get back to the topic at hand, you know, we're exploring esports content creation. So similar to other areas, esports and gaming have its own media and outlets and individuals that create their own unique gaming and esports content. You know, some of the content is game-specific. Others cover all games. And some are just, you know, personality-driven content, including podcasts and vlogs. Some that actually interview industry professionals. So some of these guests could be pro gamers, team owners, brand marketers, attorneys, agents, or really anybody involved in the field who, you know, bring a unique aspect to the situation. You know, similar to this kind of podcast. So now we know a little bit more. Um, Tell us a little bit about your past work experience
3: for, uh, absolutely. So I, am a lot like you, my background was actually in law. And so I was a, um, I started out working for a probate court. I, I had no intention of living in Ohio after I graduated from law school in Ohio. So I basically got the first job I could find. And that was working for a probate court as just a law clerk. Cause you know, um, you have to register a while in advance in order to take a bar. So it's a law clerk ended up taking the bar, got, made staff attorney. She promoted me to bailiff. And then only seven months after starting. started, Starting there, I was made court administrator, and you know the probate court—at least in Ohio—it's its own court. It, it doesn't answer to any of the other courts. So I really had a staff that I was managing for the judge, and uh, that was really cool. I'm figure, hey, cool. I'm just 26 years old. I'm, I'm running a staff of eight. This is pretty sweet. Um, what can I do in the private sector? So. Went off in private sector, joined an elder law firm. Uh, seven months after joining that, I was made partner, age twenty-seven, a twenty-eight-year-old law firm. And the reason being is I was I was good at we'll say closing the clients. And I know attorneys don't usually consider it that way, right? We don't we don't talk about sales. We talk about helping our clients. It's all about helping the clients. Um, but in you know, the grand scheme of things, it's this, it's no different. It's just a sausage mill. You got to get them through. You got to do their work for them. And you make the money. So yeah, exactly. you Convince them to go with me instead of the guys down the hall or down the street and, you know, made partner, figured, hey, I've made court administrator. I made partner. What else can I do? Because I've hit the top here. What? So my wife and I went off. We started our own law practice. Um, and there I switched to business law and I, I, was honestly sick of elder law, elder law. My clients would die very shortly after meeting them, or I was dealing with the families after someone passed. And that's just a, an emotional, you know, not so fun experience. So business law is much more fun because you're helping people grow and develop and become something bigger than they currently are. And I did that for about five years. um, at some point my wife and I had learned digital marketing, which attorneys at that point, you know, five, six years ago had no idea about like digital marketing, Facebook advertising, was just so new. It was, you know, other attorneys would still call it the Facebook, like, right. And if you, are you on the Facebook? Like, yeah. Um, so we're doing all this and we're going out and we're actually teaching other attorneys and other firms how to do social media advertising. And, you had such fantastic experiences with that, like the, the training and, and development part of it. I realized I didn't really like being an attorney. Being an attorney is often about telling people no know what they're not allowed to do. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you understand that, right? Like it's a lot of, you know, you shouldn't have done that. Let me fix your problem for you now. Whereas oh, I wanted to be like, I'm on your side. Exactly. So I, I, didn't, I kind of got sick of it. So I decided I want to be a business coach, which allows me to tell people what they can do, but talk to your attorney first. <laughs> so uh, I've been a business coach for five years now. And you know I, I've got great clients. One of my, my favorite clients, his uh, name is David Tyerman. He's a world-renowned branding expert. Um, he's, he's done branding for retail stores around the world, big names uh, like Nike, Polo Ralph Lauren, he did some work for Disney and Apple and, you know, big companies. And I'm, I'm teaching him the digital marketing side, the, the online sales systems. And he introduces me to everybody else. And, you know, I have all the money I could ask for, more clients than I know what to do with. And I woke up one morning not happy. And And for me, the meaning of life is to be happy. And if you're not happy, you need to change something in your life because you're going down a bad path. So, I, you know, what do I do? Like, I, I have dedicated the past 10 years of my life to the law and to business. What, what else can I possibly do? And so, I talked to my coach and my coach says, well, you know, you should be working with people who are more like you. Like, well, who, who's like me? Like, well, who are your best friends if you had to describe them in one word? Oh, they're gamers. Always been gamers, always will be gamers, most likely. Okay, then you should probably be working with gamers. And I'm like, oh. Duh. So I decided to start working with gamers on the sales and marketing, the the digital um, side of it, digital sales side of it, about August of last year, 2019, and it's been going fantastic since.
2: Nice. So you know, tell us a little about your you know prior gaming experience.
3: <laughs> so I'm a lifelong gamer. I, I've been gaming since before I remember. Um, my parents, like the story goes, my parents lived two hours away from where they worked. So it was a two-hour commute to work, two-hour commute back. They were gone eight hours during the day. I was raised by babysitters, and these babysitters would have you know, the NES, Nintendo Entertainment System. And so they let me play, and then when my parents would finally get home, and say, hey, can I play Nintendo at home? And, well, we didn't have it, so they had to go get it for me. And then I'm playing the Nintendo at the babysitters, and now I'm playing Nintendo at home because my parents are dead tired when they got home so you know at some point they decided I could stay home by myself and I was with NAS or SNES and N64 and PlayStation and the Sega and basically all the way up through high school I I raised myself with video games until I went to college and in college um, I consider my classes my side gig my main hustle was um world of warcraft i played warcraft six days a week you know six to eight hours a night every day i and that's you know that's that's the raiding in the dungeons and there was all the prep time during it and i was a raid leader guild leader main tank for a hardcore raiding guild and it was just the time of my life getting to experience video games in a more social environment and i, I don't think there's any way to go back from you know to, to anything less than that once you've had the taste of the social gaming But uh, like long story short, you know, I went to law school (laughs) and uh, that kills your gaming time for to a large extent. And then, you know, the the working hard for 10 years after that, I I got to play here and there, but I've just been dying to play more uh, really until, like I said, August of last year when I finally just decided to, to lean back into video gaming.
2: So what are you currently working on in the gaming world?
3: So I'm doing something differently in the gaming world than a lot of other like gamers, influencers, uh, esports coaches, and all that. A lot of them are focusing on the state of play, the state of the industry. Uh, what I focus on is kind of the higher level. You know, take a step back. Do you guys even understand how you're supposed to be marketing yourselves in this giant digital world we have? You know, um, a lot of streamers. I, I work primarily with streamers and, and low-level esports players. I, I could work for the big organization. If I really wanted to, I just don't have that interest. I want to work with individuals, and particularly individuals starting out who don't know anything, because I've found from talking to so many people that nobody understands sales and marketing. They, they know they can go on into Patreon. They can set up a Patreon account, right? And they can get donations that way. But they don't know how to sell their own merch. They have a, maybe they have a, a site somewhere like Teespring where they designed a shirt and they tell people that it's there. But just having a, a site somewhere where your products are sitting isn't sales. So yeah, exactly. my, my focus class. is teaching yes. them the sales and marketing that I've done with businesses for you know, 10 years now.
2: Right? It's like it's good that you have this product out there, but if you don't know how to get people and the right people to see it and to know it exists and to get an opportunity to buy it, then what's the point of having it?
3: Sure, but also you know, maybe you don't necessarily want a product. You know, you're crazy if you don't, but you know, say a streamer who wants more viewers. Okay, well, how are they getting their viewers right now? They're posting on Twitter like, hey, I'm going live. Well, okay, hopefully you have a big uh, Twitter following otherwise no one's going to know you're going live. Like if they try if anybody's going to find you through Twitch, it's a miracle they found you. Like what what marketing methods are you using? Are you using Facebook ads? Are you using YouTube ads? What are you doing to actually drive traffic to your stream to get more followers, get more subscribers, get more money coming in that you can then turn around to back into more ads.
2: So what kind of examples of stuff would you suggest to someone who's maybe, you know, starting out and like you said, they're just really kind of posting, hey, I'm going live, tune in, I'm playing this game. How would you suggest to kind of go to that next step?
3: So um, the, the the easiest method of marketing that you can possibly use is email marketing. The hard part is co- collecting the emails. But if you have an email list already, um, like I have an example. I just posted a, a podcast interview that I did last week of a gentleman I posted on Monday. And he went back and he was watching my podcast and he saw a podcast where I was interviewing a woman named Lauren Hazel. And she was talking about email marketing. Now this guy had an email list of like 200 people. And so he's like, heck it, I'll try. I'll just shoot out an email to these 200 people who've downloaded an app I built, say I'm going live on Twitch. And he went from one viewer average over three hours to six viewers over three hours. And he, he basically had met his requirement in one stream to be able to do Affiliate that's, that's one method you can do personally. Like if you have a few dollars, do a Facebook ad, just a, a low level Facebook ad, just, just film yourself on your cell phone, talking about the fact that you're streaming, or if you have, you know, you know, better, uh, video editing skills and that makes something that looks nice. Let people know that you're a streamer, that w- this is the kind of content you're putting out there and why they should watch you $5 a day on Facebook will get you a few viewers. It's, it doesn't take that much effort.
2: So like making like an actual TV ad, like, Hey, you know, I'm, worldwide just i stream 2k and call of duty content tune in you know monday through friday at five and like essentially
3: that exactly that now the higher quality obviously the the more interest you're going to get but it doesn't have to be gamers are pretty accepting of people just starting out like they're willing to try new people see what people are like so even if it's just a cell phone you know video right in your bedroom that you're not even sure you're kind of stuttery people find that endearing
2: Interesting. So, you know, tell us a little about the transition from, you know, a practicing attorney to, you know, the current stuff you're doing today.
3: So it was actually fairly easy to transition from from being an attorney. So um, I start, I, like I said, I, I was an attorney. I decided to go into coaching because it, it was, you know, law-like, but it just had more kind of a, a uplifting effect in me. You know, other people, if they may love the law. Go right ahead, rock on. Um, but I, I just kind of fell out of love with it. Um, I stopped being an attorney the day my daughter was born, and um, my wife was it was three weeks before the due date. Um, she'd gained like 90 pounds of weight during the pregnancy. It was all water weight. It was really bad. Her blood pressure was through the roof and she was complaining one day of having a headache and we had a blood pressure cuff. We checked her blood pressure and we're like, we got to go to the ER right, right now. Took her 25 hours later, later after a 24 hour labor, um, the baby came and my wife declared as the, the, our child sitting on her chest, you know, I, I'm not going back to work. And she was our trial attorney. So, I mean, um, I was the research and writing guy. I did all the back end work, all the paperwork. And, you know, when your trial attorney leaves the firm, it makes it a little tough to keep going.
1: Sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week. And there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling "Pandemic." Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works it's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code PREDICTION or DealDash.fm slash PREDICTION. That's dot com slash P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. And now let's get back to the podcast.
2: So, you know, tell us a little bit more about, you know, the Gamerpreneur platform. Why'd you create it?
3: So uh, when I decided to get into the gaming arena... Um, I started reaching out to people on Twitch. and I, I've been a lurker for years. I, I don't really chat. I just kind of watched while working. And I decided, okay, I'll start reaching out to people. And I start reaching out and I start telling them about you know, my background, about all these books I've written, about all these clients I have. And the feedback I was getting was, you know, we don't think we can work with you. I'm like, why not? And you're like, well, you're too qualified. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm too qualified? That That should be the exact kind of person you want. They're like, well... You know, I just don't think you relate to me. I'm like, okay. So they need someone who feels that they're more like a gamer. Like they're more into the that same arena with them. And I didn't have a stream at that point. I didn't have a podcast. I didn't have any, you know, backend, like, you know, content I was putting out there. So I decided that I needed to go ahead and set up. a a platform of some sort. I didn't want to do it the the typical way. Uh, The typical way is you start a stream and you just start hoping that people show up. I I wanted to make it a little more, I wanted to make it a case study. Um, And by that, I mean, I was going to set this whole thing up to be able to prove that you can do this starting with nothing. So I started with brand new social media accounts. Uh, My LinkedIn account, I nuked. I actually had a whole fairly decent amount of people on linkedin i actually just removed everybody um and i started a new facebook i started a new twitter instagram um i decided i wasn't gonna put any dollars into this no advertising money to be able to simulate somebody else who was starting out who has nothing and show them that they can do it too it's just a matter of networking getting the right people on and having having the uh, ability to get people to like you and promote you
2: interesting so what is a gamerpreneur
3: A gamerpreneur is a gamer who understands that they're limited by a a job. It's a person who understands that they, they need something more in their life to be a little more fulfilled. And it's, it's, it's an entrepreneur. It's a person who knows that life is more than just the same grind. You, know, you, you wake up, you go to work, you come home, eat dinner, play video games, go to bed, wake up, go to work, come home, eat dinner, play video games, go to bed. Like it's, it's, that's the typical 9 to 5, right? You know, um, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, says a job is an acronym. It stands for Just Over Broke. And I think so many gamers understand that, especially people who have some success with a stream or have some success in esports where they're earning prize money or they're earning donations. They're able to earn a few hundred dollars here and there. They see that there's this future here. They're just not certain about the steps to make that that next leap forward.
2: Interesting. So I know I know you kind of mentioned that you host a podcast. So tell us a little about that. You know, how is hosting a podcast? What kind of got you into it?
3: I decided to start a podcast because I thought it was going to be like the the least pressure on me. Um, I I didn't have a I didn't have a webcam at that time. I had a decent microphone. I have a a beautiful gaming computer that we're currently recording on. Um, But I wanted, like I said, I wanted to simulate as if you were starting from scratch. So I went and I bought kind of a a low level laptop with just I just needed a camera and a place to plug in my microphone and. The podcast is pretty easy. It's it's a matter of just networking, getting people to come on, you know, to interview, and then I let them do most of the talking. I've I've seen other podcasts where the host does all the talking, right, and the guest is really just there to add commentary. Um, but like your podcast here, you're letting me do most of the talking, and you're just asking the questions. My podcast is essentially the same, and it's you know it's not. Difficult to start a podcast. I don't. I know your next question is, you know, how do I prepare? I don't. I don't really prepare. I have a set of questions that I use as a framework. I don't ever know exactly what questions I'm going to ask. I don't know where the conversation is going to go. I let the guest dictate where it's going to go. Sure. And I just Eight. ask them and, you know, I follow up, you know, I'm I'm a business coach by trade. So when they say something that I know isn't necessarily known too well in the gaming community, I'll, I'll press them on that. Well, what do you mean, Leo? What are the nuts and bolts behind this concept you just talked about? Because, you know, everyone can discuss the high level stuff, but what are the actuals? How do you actually create an email marketing ca- campaign? How do you actually advertise in the way you're talking about?
2: So how do you actually create an email marketing campaign?
3: <laughs> well, you. you know, the first step is go get a um, a, a service. You can start like with something MailChimp. like Mailchimp. Yeah. Um, there's no There's no real reason to start paying anybody, right? To start Mailchimp, you, I think lets you have like a thousand people. Twenty five hundred, maybe. Twenty five hundred. It's it's some number that it takes a while to get there, especially when you're starting out. Um, and you can you just set up some. Auto responders. You set up some way of, um, you collect their emails. So you would have some giveaway of some sorts that's usually the best way to do it. Or, you know, a special video just for you, or, um, you know, I, I like to recommend, um, you know, ebooks ebooks are a great way because people love to learn audiobooks are a good way you know short video DC, uh, tutorials 2K,
2: you know P, you know ten dollar ps4 card and stuff like that yeah
3: you can you know you can do contests that works too to get people in um and you just have some little auto responders, so you have mailchimp send them a response once they sign up and now they're in your email list and you just do a broadcast whenever you want to let them know you're doing something
2: Interesting. So, you know, how do you kind of decide on, you know, what guests you're going to feature? You know, what's that process like?
3: I do a lot of self-selecting. So I, I I advise all of my clients and I'll advise everybody listening to this, that if you want to grow substantially, your network is your net worth. You have to be growing every single day. You have to be reaching out. And I think, Justin, you reached out to me. So like just like that, you just reach out to people. You connect with them on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a fantastic place to be uh, getting involved in the esports arena right now. There's tons of people in esports on LinkedIn. And... Um, I forgot what the question was. I apologize. I just how do you going. kind of
2: decide? You know, you say. Oh,
3: yeah. Okay. Can- so I, I reach out. I reach out to 50 people a day on LinkedIn and on Twitter and on Instagram, on every platform I can. And to a large extent, I will let them self-select who is interested in talking to me um i'm growing my network as i'm doing this and i will eventually circle back around to everybody else i've connected with who who do- doesn't me- message me and doesn't engage with me but i get so many people interested in being on my show because once they learn about what the, the topic is i'm bringing business sales and marketing into gaming they want to talk about their business they want to talk about what they're doing and share what they're doing because you know honestly that's what business is it's it's sharing and giving back to everybody else and and if unless you're giving value you're not making money money
2: yeah you know i think that's kind of like you know to your point of yeah i reach out to people that i think are doing unique stuff and maybe are fruiting other people that you know i respect and you know i think that i could always bring a unique perspective to a conversation and you know i have a unique experience coming from my background and the things that i'm working with so i really like to impart the wisdom that i have
3: absolutely now i will tell you i um i'm still new in the gaming industry Cause I did not like when I graduated from undergrad, I basically did nothing but play Warcraft in college. I didn't, I wasn't in any clubs. My resume was almost non-existent and I couldn't put my Warcraft experience on my resume. It was too soon. Like that was way back in the day. No one, they would have laughed at me if they saw world of Warcraft on my resume. Um, but you know, I went 10 years not in gaming and now i'm in gaming and i'm reaching out to people i have no idea who these people are but they they could be really big names in the gaming space i'm, I'm reaching out to like team leaders of you know major esports team and i have no idea who these teams are and it, it does create some unique situations where they they aren't so happy with my ignorance but there's there's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people out there i, I can't be concerned about any one person
2: Yeah. You know, and that's kind of, you know, when you're mentioning about preparing for an episode, that's kind of why when I do it, I kind of like to research them and get an idea of like, you know, who they are and you know, what kind of things I can connect with and what they're doing so that I can kind of almost like, you know, guide the conversation and, you know, I feel Oh, that... for
3: sure. Now, when I first connect with them, I don't know who they are, but once they're coming to my podcast, I do take the time to to check out their website, check out their content. I want to, I don't want to be blindsided on the the podcast. Uh, but when I'm reaching out, I don't concern myself too much because I know I'm going to reach out to fifty more tomorrow and fifty more the day after that.
2: Awesome. So you know, I, I know so that you also create you know non interview kind of content. So how do you go about that?
3: So that content, so I do uh, three interviews a week and then I do two um, like solo podcasts a week as well. And that content is usually uh, fairly topical. Like something will have happened to me in this project that I'm doing. So I'll have learned something new or I'll have tried something and maybe it failed or I spent some money and I just saw it you know, disappear on me. And I'll just bring up those topics uh, like, hey, this happened to me and here's the concept you need to understand and why you need to understand it. And, you know, don't do what I did. Maybe try it this way just, you know, just some advice to give.
2: I mean, I think it's very interesting that you're kind of looking at it from this, you know, case study perspective where it's like, okay, like, you know, everyone says, oh, how do I grow? How do I grow? Well, you know, if you kind of start and you do these, you know, unique steps and you kind of have a plan and you create a marketable image and go about, you know, promoting yourself and how what makes you unique, you actually do have an opportunity to grow. And, you know, all you need is someone big to, you know, latch on to you and, they give you the time of day and you catch them at the right moments. Like, of course, I'll come on your show. Like, you want to speak now? And, you know, from there, who knows what happens?
3: And that gives you legitimacy. I will say, though, on my show, I've had people who are very big. I've had people with hundreds of thousands of subscribers, right, uh, on YouTube. And I've had company owners, uh, CEOs, uh, founders with million, making millions of dollars a year. And then I've had the small streamers. And the small streamers always get me more views and more f- following than the big guys. And I don't know why. It's the weirdest thing.
2: Well, you know, it's like one of those things where, you know, there's the hundred true fan philosophy where it's like Oh
3: yeah. You know, absolutely. you have a
2: hundred dedicated people as opposed to, you know, millions and millions of people, like how really focused are they on everything you're doing?
3: That's that's so true, and um, I don't know how much your your audience knows about the hundred true fans. I I shoot for a thousand because with a thousand you're never going to go broke, but it's the the thousand people who are never ever not going to buy from you. You you could put out you know a piece of poop dressed in tinfoil, and they'll be like, hey, it's a collector's edition.
2: <laughs> so you know. So what are some kind of you know hurdles you've encountered in you know creating content and you know putting on the podcast?
3: Uh, my biggest hurdle is that. I would normally outsource most of this work. Um, I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not a video editor. I am not a web designer or developer. I I don't know. I'm I'm self-taught on all this stuff and not very well. So I'm trying to make all this content myself, essentially like anybody else starting out trying to figure it out themselves. And I'll admit my content... Doesn't look the best. I've been, I started out, like I said, with a junkie laptop in my living room, just to simulate, you know, the, the experience. And, you know, the camera is not the highest quality. And you know, as I progress, on, I'm going to start using my, my new webcam. I'll use my gaming computer. It'll start looking better to simulate what happens when you start making that money, which thankfully I have. I'm starting to get some coaching clients out of this and just turning that money back around and, and to giving back more.
2: So, what is Nino you know, coaching? Are you kind of mentioning on that was that for streamers or just businesses in general?
3: I do both. Um, so, the past five years, I've been working with small to mid-sized businesses, with consultants, with solopreneurs, you know, professionals like attorneys and accountants, uh, in order to show, in order to help them develop their business. Now, business development is not just, you know get more clients and you do better. It's it's largely mindset. And I didn't know it was mindset when I first got into it, because like I said, I started, I was an attorney and I figured when I went into coaching, it was going to be telling people how to like position their assembly lines and, you know, the, the proper way to structure, you know, HR, you know, workflow and all that. And it turns out, no, I, I'm dealing primarily with uh, business owners or uh, entrepreneurs, mindset of whether they can actually accomplish their goals and understanding that they need to have, they need to have more than just themselves involved in their business in order to really grow and scale. A lot of people think they can do it themselves and they just need to know how to do whatever it is they don't know how to do yet. And my job as a coach is to get them to understand that, yeah, you can try to figure out how to do it yourself, but it's going to take you years and years and years of learning and trial and error and money to figure that out. Or you can go figure out who already knows how to do it and get them to do it either for free for in kind contribution or to pay them somehow.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's you know a good point, and you know that I deal with a lot. And when I kind of go on podcasts, people ask me like, you know, why aren't more players using attorneys or you know agents or kind of professionals who are well versed in contract law and business law? It's because you know they don't really see the value, the immediate return that you get. But, you know, the point that you're bringing up is that, yeah, like maybe you don't see it immediately, but the time and effort you spend and the money you could lose by entering an agreement that doesn't benefit you or locks you up for too long or poses too large of a buyout is usually more than worth it. You know, it usually more than balances it. And I think that, you know, your point is that especially in the gaming and, you know, the streaming space where these kids are, you know, fairly new at this. They're not used to dealing with business, especially not dealing with, you know, attorneys and agents and, you know, accountants and CPAs and consultants in general. It's there's a little bit of disconnect there.
3: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, not giving legal advice here. Right. But say someone turned their stream into a media company, you set up a, a business entity and now you're a media company, your computer, your equipment, that's all potentially a deductible expense.
2: Exactly. And, you know, what is even making a corporation? What's, you know, the right entity to form? How do you do taxes? You know, if you're running, you know, tournaments or operating stuff in different countries, how does this all come into play? And, you know, either, like you said, you can learn trial by error and, you know, you get this nasty tax bill because you didn't pay something and you didn't realize you're supposed to set aside a certain amount of money. And, you know, that opportunity and that issue could have been avoided if you had, you know, a CPA or an accountant or a business manager, Who's like, okay, well, you know, every time you get a check, put this amount aside, you know, from any tournament you win. Because at the end of the year, you're going to have to pay taxes on it. And if you don't have the money, you're going to have to, you know, somehow get the money.
3: Right. How's that saying go? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure.
2: Right. Is, Is that it? It's like, guys, just get it. Like people are out here to help you. And, you know, I think that what you bring up and, you know, I think it'll be nice for my viewers to hear is, you know, there are people that are helping with, the social marketing side at the most basic level where it's like I'm starting out and maybe I don't know that I could do an ad like that. Like I've never really seen anybody do anything like that. And to me, I think that that's, you know, great. Like, yeah, maybe you put out a piece of content and you do a paid boost, but no one's really doing like ads. That's like, Hey, tune in for me at 5 PM. We're going to, you know, catch some dubs or, you know, snipe some guys or whatever it is. like. I don't ever see that really. So I, you know, I think it's well, a really point that you bring uh, up.
3: Well, the issue is just, just having an ad, getting more people to your channel. You're, in the long run, it's not going to be that great for you. Because unless you have some way of catching those people and getting them to stay with you somehow, then you could just potentially be throwing your money into the wind and watching it fly away. But you got to
2: get them there somehow. You got
3: to get them there somehow. But then once they're there, you offer them something for free, get them into an email list. And now you've got them forever. You don't have to worry about your Facebook ad showing up in front of them again because you can email them now.
2: So that's like level two. It's like, okay, you know, tune in. I'm doing a contest at five to win. You know, this headset from HyperX, so you got to be there to win it. And it's that's right. You know, yeah. kind of start integrating the next level where it's like, okay, I'm going to use the paid ads to get people to tune into this content. When I'm streaming, they're going to tune in and they're going to have to give me their email in order to potentially win. And now you're kind of building this cycle.
3: Yep. And once you have that email list, now you can start marketing them actual products for sale. Some people are going to purchase and emails cost but nothing to send out, right? You can send like 10,000 emails for six bucks. It's, it's really, really low. Um, but then you offer them something for sale through your emails and you know they're in your email list until either they unsubscribe or die. Those are the only two ways to get somebody out of your email list. So there's no reason not to email them constantly. Let them know what you're up to. Let them know what you're promoting, what, you, what you're selling. And if you sell anything, just make that money go right back into advertising and get more people in. And then it's just a never ending cycle.
2: So there you go. There's that you know great advice from Bradford. So what's the future of the platform? You know, where are things going from here?
3: so i've i'm finishing up my phase one as i'm calling it phase one is my my living room with my my junkie laptop um i'm just waiting for amazon to deliver my sound foam for my studio and once i have that phase two will start in my uh a spare bedroom i have i'll I'll be using my my gaming computer with a high def camera and i'll be pumping out more content than just my my podcast i'll be doing i'll actually go and start streaming myself uh, and proving these principles work. So instead of just telling people you can do it and having guests say you can do it. Okay. Here I am putting $5 a day and let's see how it works. And I'll show you how, to, how it all works.
2: Awesome. So, you know, I like to kind of end each you know, episode with my three questions. So, you know, what's your favorite game to watch?
3: My favorite game to watch. Um, if I'm not, if I have nothing like any g- game that's come out recently to watch, I kind of drift back to a links to the past randomizer.
2: Interesting. So what's your favorite game to play? Is it you know still War- World of Warcraft, or where are we at these days?
3: So we're talking about these days? Like, or in or all presently. days. So we talking like about all time. We um, both, you know? Favorite game of all time is Chrono Trigger, um, followed very closely by Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. One, because it's a fantastic Mario game. Square did just a beautiful job of making a Mario game, uh, but also because it's my daughter's favorite video game, and I get to play that basically every day now. <laughs>
2: Awesome. So so who's your favorite video game character? You know, Mario Luigi Pikachu
3: I um but jeez, I've never even considered that one. Um my favorite right video game, game character. Um my my first thought, like my uh first thought was uh Kratos from God of War. Just he's just so angry but it tormented it. And it's it's not just he's angry because he's angry. He's he's actually tormented. And so he has a reason to be angry. And I just, I, I love the, uh, the we'll call it the remake, the reboot. Um, they really gave, they fleshed out his, his anger and how he now kind of has it mostly under control. And that relationship with his son was just fantastic, especially as a dad.
2: Nice. Awesome. You know, so thank you so much for joining us. So tell everybody where they can find you.
3: Certainly. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, that's kind of where biggest following at the moment just uh, search me for bradford carlton Uh, on twitter i'm at the gamerpreneur facebook i'm at the gamerpreneur instagram is at the real gamerpreneur and if you all want some wonderful wholesome dad jokes you can find me on tiktok that's at bradford carlton
2: nice so he's all over the spectrum these days oh yeah thanks everybody again for tuning in and make sure you follow me on twitter justin jesq And check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes.
4: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.